you know, we, we don this uniform every day, not knowing, you know, if we will come back or not. You know, and one of the things I, I, I still say to this day, Lord, please bring me home in the same condition that I left, you know, and uh, and seeing that, you know, was was, was truly such a heinous and, and, and unnecessary. You know, it's just one of those things that, you know, I, I'll never forget. listening to the black and blue podcast a discussion and celebration of the roles of african-americans and other minorities in u.s law enforcement your host on the black and blue podcast is dale peters a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business hop on board this black and blue train of interviews current events and pop culture conversations so get ready the black and blue podcast is coming at you right now What's going on, fam? Welcome to the latest edition of the Black and Blue Podcast, where we celebrate diversity in U.S. law enforcement. If y'all know me by now, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Dale, and I'm the host of this little Black and Blue extravaganza. Thank you all for stopping by because I got a real good one for you today. But uh, first, let me ask you all, please click those like, subscribe, and bell icons right down here on my YouTube channel. And if you listen to me on your favorite podcast platform of choice, Hey, make sure you rate the Black and Blue Podcast five stars. And finally, make sure you check me out on any one of my social media pages for even more content. You can find me everywhere at Black and Blue US. All right, so uh, let me introduce you all to today's guest. He is the Assistant Chief of, of Police for a beautiful town down in uh, South Florida. So Black and Blue fam, help me welcome to the show Delray Beach, Florida, Assistant Police Chief, Daryl Hunter. How you doing, sir? I'm good, Dale. How are you doing, man? I'm great. Yes. I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for coming on to the show. So, so uh, absolutely. So you were down in uh, Delray Beach, Florida. For, for everybody that doesn't know where exactly that is, why don't you tell everybody where that is real quick? Absolutely, man. Delray is a beautiful place down here in South Florida, down in uh, Palm Beach County. For proximity purposes, we're actually 52 miles north of Miami, and we're approximately about 20 minutes south of West Palm Beach. So we're a beautiful coastal community that's nestled in between those two metropolitan cities, and we're known for our, our vibrant beaches, uh, downtown entertainment district, and uh, you know we're known for uh, tennis. And a lot of you all may know, you know, our very own 2023 U.S. Open champion, Coco Golf, resides here in the city of Delray Beach. What? Nice, nice. Oh, That's yeah. what's up. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. How, how big is Delray Beach as far as population? Delray Beach, we're approximately 70,000. Um, our, our demographic, uh, we're, we're approximately about uh, 62% Caucasian, 26% African-American, and we have about 11% Hispanic and 1% uh, multi-culture uh, and other. And uh, our department pretty much is reflective of that. You know, we're 65% Caucasian, 24% uh, African-American, 24% uh, Hispanic, and 3% uh, 
multicultural and other uh, within our uh, department. Okay. Okay. Uh, how big is the department? Well, our apartment, we comprise of 239 employees, which 169 of those are sworn. And we have approximately uh, 70 uh, professional staff members. Okay. Good, good size department. Good size department. Absolutely. All right. All right. And I like to so, re refer to our, most people, most agencies a lot, they'll talk about civilians. But, uh, you know, when I became assistant chief, one of the things uh, up under uh, my previous chief that uh, that he got me to pass was changing that distinction because a lot of our professional staff members, they hold a lot of um, skill sets that heck, some of our uh, sworn personnel doesn't have, such as at, at a point in time, we had some that was on staff with PhDs, you know, and uh, we currently don't have any uh, sworn staff that has PhDs, but they have a knowledge and a skill set that is to be desired. And I just felt that it was only appropriate, you know, that we prefer to them as such. And that was the, the name change that we had a couple of years ago from civilian to professional staff. Professional staff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of departments, including my own out here in California, has, has gone that route as well. Professional staff. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. And in my department, there's even the professional staff managers part of the uh, command staff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot, lot, lot has changed in that regard. Yep. Love, love to see it. So uh, out there in uh, Delray Beach, are, are you native to uh, Florida? I am. I am a native of uh, Palm Beach County. I was born in Palm Beach Gardens, uh, the city of Palm Beach Gardens, which is just north of uh, Delray Beach. And uh, I grew up mostly in uh, West Palm Beach, but I most of my, my years I spent in Riviera Beach is uh, where, I, where I grew up at and um, went off to college and uh, eventually came back here to uh, Palm Beach County to uh, continue to serve my, my, my city and my community as well. Nice, nice. Where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to school at Northeast Mississippi Community College. I played inside linebacker there. I was a uh, All-American there. And uh, from there, I went on to, uh, I had a stint at Savannah State. Uh, I was there and um, I ended up coming back at the time, my uh, my wife at the time, we ended up uh, having a, a young son, one of my four kids. And uh, I ended up finishing at uh, Southern University with a bachelor's degree in uh, criminal justice and uh, law enforcement administration. And, um, you know, education was something big with uh, with my mother. So, you know, once I did that, I continued to go back and I ended up getting a master's degree from Waldorf University in organizational leadership with a concentration in public administration. And then from there, I had an opportunity to go to the FBI National Academy, where I continued my education at the University of Virginia, obtaining a, uh, a criminal justice uh, degree certificate, I should say, in education um, from uh, University of Virginia. Nice, nice, that's what's up. Love it, love it. And uh, so, yeah, you played inside linebacker, so, you, so you're a football guy, right? Yes, sir. Football and basketball, yes, I played. A little bit of baseball, not much, but yeah, football is yeah. my thing. We're in South so, Florida, the Dell, so that's that's what we that's do. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, so that's you a dolphin, right? No, <laughs> I'm not a dolphin. You said I'm not a dolphin. Oh, not okay, a, a, bu a buck, a buck. Is that the other one? Yeah. No, Neither. I'm not a buck. Either. Okay. All right. What, what's the team there, sir? Okay, for me, the Florida team. I'm a Jaguar. But I'm a Dallas Cowboy okay. fan. Yeah. Oh, you want you want an L. You want an L. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I am okay. a Los Angeles Laker too as well. I like the Heat. I do like my Heat. But I am a, I'm a Magic Johnson man. 
Yes, Old yes, school. yes. Old yes, school. Magic, the the ultimate, the ultimate uh, team player, Magic Absolutely, Johnson. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. And uh, so, did you did you come up through the ranks of Delray Beach, or is that the only place you've been? Well, it's, it's it's interesting you say that, though. When I when I came back from school, I I mentioned uh, my uh, my wife at the time. We um, I I had a degree in criminal justice and uh, always had a passion for law enforcement. Um, there were some experiences I experienced as a as a youth growing up, which was not so pleasant. And um, I just knew it was something inside of me, you know, being taught by you know two two uh, African American women and being raised by my mother and my grandmother that. You know we're here to serve you know and um those experiences that i had that was not pleasant i just knew that it was something that was deep down inside of me and my own moral compass that this is not what it is it, it can be better than this and, and and that you know that saying is always if you want to be about change and you want to help change something then you join whatever that cause is to help change so for me that was law enforcement so when i first came back i actually went into the private sector because at the time my wife was a little bit nervous. And, um, and I, if you remember around 2007, that was one of the most deadliest years for uh, for law enforcement for us getting killed in the line of duty. So my, my children were a lot younger. So around that time, you know, she knew I wanted to do it and, and she encouraged me to go ahead and, um, you know, and go to the academy and, and, and fulfill my dream. And, and man, once I, I got into it, I just took off because I'm here to serve and that's what i was always taught you know that that's what i'm you know was was put here to do and um very very big you know in in in, in my belief in regards to that and actually trying to make this this world a better place you know day at a time yeah there you and go, I there found you go. that law enforcement was just one of the things that was just so fitting you know for me to be able to have an opportunity to be a part of something in this in this noble profession and be able to try to help change this culture that what we have. Right, right. And how long you been with Delray Beach? Seventeen years. I've been here seventeen years, and um, I started out in uh, road patrol, and I eventually moved on to our street narcotics team. Had an opportunity to uh, to do that for a while. You know, sell, selling undercover um, fake narcotics. And then I worked my way into the detective bureau where I actually was a uh, property detective for a time and moved on to uh, economic crimes where I worked white collar. A lot of people would always ask, what do you, you know, instead of working the homicides or persons or what, I just, I kind of looked at things and I like to have a holistic approach in the way I'm looking at it. And I looked at one of the things from being in, in uh, property, a lot of times those property crimes always led back to something in regards to financial people breaking into someone's house or cars. They're still in checks, uh, credit cards. That was just the way that I kind of saw it going. And I actually wanted to learn as much as I possibly could about that. And I had an opportunity to do that. And uh, man, I just jumped on it. I had some great mentors within the agency that that embraced me and what I wanted to do. And uh, and we went from there. And then once I, I got into the investigations, I was back there probably for about six years total. And um, I've always, you know, had a, a an infatuation with with leadership, and always wanted to, to to be at the top of leadership. And back when I was in the private sector, is where I started really honing in on my skills in regards to to leading. And I like to say, Dale, that I like to meet people where they are. I call it engagement leadership. So wherever you are, that's where I'm going to engage you. And I do the same thing day in and day out throughout our community as well. 
Okay. All right. And uh, so you, you took a liking to, you know, property crimes and, and things that affect people, you know, on, on a daily, on a daily, not to say that, uh, you know, uh, crimes, uh, crimes against persons uh, doesn't affect people on a daily, but it affects fewer people, hopefully in our communities, you know, most people don't get affected by, you know, homicides and, and, and rapes and things of that nature. But you took a, you took a real, uh, uh, a bead on property crimes, right? Yes. Yes, I did. And, um, and again, I helped out with a lot of the, the homicides in regards to investigations because I enjoyed that. I had a uh, a great sergeant when I was back in investigations who he and I, we would get together and uh, he kind of played the bad guy. I was the good guy, but we were able to build dialogues. But he taught me, you know, a lot of things in, in, in retrospect to, you know, building a rapport, you know, with someone and being able to, to talk to them, you know, and, and, and just establish that relationship. Obviously, I'm a big sports guy. So a lot of times, depending on who the individual was, that was kind of like the icebreaker talking about sports and those things. But at the end yes. of the day, my mother, my grandmother, they always taught no matter how heinous the crime is or whatever it is someone's done, that's still someone's child. You know, and they still deserve the same dignity and respect that anyone is due. And I've Absolutely. always kept that near and dear to me. Yeah. Your department sounds kind of uh, equivalent to mine. Uh, I'm in investigations now, too, and I'm working ICAC, Internet Crimes Against Children. Okay. And uh, yeah. but when uh, whenever we have a homicide, it's all hands on deck and everybody is is helping out and working on those sorts of crimes when it happens. So um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. ICAC is tough, man. I took some classes on that, man. That's 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 a tough one. I, I, I take yeah. my hat off to you, brother, on that one. Yeah, I sure. appreciate it. And yeah, those, those yeah. are cases that, you know, we, you, you take a real, you know, in the beginning, a lot of people don't want to do it because you actually have to look at those images of, of children yes. being sexually abused. And a lot of people yes. don't want to do that. I take the approach that, you know, uh, I want to do that tort, sort of crime because these are heinous criminals. These are people that are, are you know, that are taking advantage of our youth. And even if it's just, you know, possession, possession of these uh, of these images, uh, it's only a matter of time. And in, in most of our opinion before they they graduate and actually have to do hands on with the child. So uh, Absolutely. I, I take a Absolutely. T- take it real seriously of uh, catching those those predators. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Much need. Much need. Yep. So so you are now the assistant chief over there, at Delray Beach. What what is your your daily life like as an assistant chief over there? What what do your duties over there? Oh, Dale. I, I mean, it, it's. Uh... <laughs> I don't think you can put that in the, for the description in regards to I wear a lot of different hats. I'm currently over yep. the, the Special Services Bureau, which encompasses our accreditation, um, information and technology, dive team, our fleet, uh, special operations. Um, I have our uh, communications, which is uh, that, that that's a tough position in itself. And um, we have our records management and, um, you know, uh, man. It, it, it is a extremely busy day. And um, I, I would say, you know, once once we get to this level, a lot, a lot of the, the crime fighting stuff more so, you know, it, it's not as much. I mean, we're still involved with it. But, you know, from where I sit now, a lot of things is just policy making in regards to uh, making sure that, you know, our officers, one, they're equipped with what they need to be equipped with to be able to do the job, you know, that they need to do. And also, you know, looking at, you know, different policies and how we can make our, our organization better in regards to a more robust, you know, policy programs in regards to best practices and what do we see, you know, throughout the country. Yeah, absolutely. 
And being an African-American uh, as an assistant chief in your organization, what, what sort of responsibility do you feel uh, bringing up the, uh, the, the next generation of leaders in, in your organization or in the profession in general? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it is. Uh, and thank you for that question, because I, I currently serve as the Noble South Florida chapter president and uh, and I and which it, which encompasses uh, Dade County, which is Miami, Broward County, which is Fort Lauderdale and Palm Beach County and also Fort Myers. So and obviously, you know, in Noble, you know, uh, you've had a lot of many of our guests that's on that's members of Noble and the acronym is the, the National Organization for Black Law Enforcement Executives. You know, and I, I feel that it's, it's, it is really, really important for us being in these leadership roles because obviously it's not a whole lot of us that's here. But one of the things where I can say in South Florida, where we really have actually moved that needle because uh, six of the, the police chiefs, African-American uh, women reside, you know, in South Florida, you know, and we have a total of, of 13. And even though when I say total, it sounds like that's a lot. But when you're talking about 18,000 police departments and over, you know, the, yeah. the whole U.S., that's not a whole that's not a whole lot. You know, so I find yeah. it equally important to make sure that, you know, one that, you know, we're doing our due diligence in regards to this job and what we need to be doing, but also to be reaching back mentoring and not just African-American, but everybody as a whole. You know, because my thing is and what I say as a leader, it's our job to identify the talent, to develop the talent to guide the talent and then to get the heck out of the way, you know, and um, and that's what I, I constantly do, you know, here at our agency and, and, and not only in the agency, but within our noble chapters and throughout, you know, we're all in the same situation, all fishing from the same pool, trying to find the same recruits, you know, and what is it that we're doing a little bit different? You know, I mean, it's different things such as, you know, policies and our agency, Dell, we, we have to have it. You have to have at least 60 credit hours or at least associate's degree or 45 credit hours if you're a non-certified officer. And then once we send you to our police academy, they give you additional 15 credits. So those are some things that we look to do a little bit different to try to uh, attract you know, more qualified candidates. And one of the things I tell our recruiting team all the time is we all end up going out you know, with our significant others and different things or families. but the days of old where we go to universities and we're looking for criminal justice majors, I said, no, no, no. I, I look at it in, as, as a holistic again in regards to hospitality. You know, how are those individuals treating you? You know, and again, I started out in the private sector. So for me, being in the private sector for 12 years, becoming over to law enforcement, it gave me a different point of view in regards to customer service. Because I say this all the time, and I used to always go, I uh, had a, a low lieutenant back in the days when I was a sergeant who would go back and forth with me. He's like, Hunter, you're always talking about this customer service stuff, customer service stuff. I said, well, that's what we're in. We're in a customer service oriented business. You know, I mean, yeah. we keep response times for what, you know, I mean, this is a $48 million business that we're running here, you know, and, and, and our job is to, to provide a service to our community, to the stakeholders that, that, that live here within the city of Delray Beach. So yes, we are in the customer service or in business. And that's our job is to make sure that we're providing quality service, you know, for our residents here, because it's about the quality of life, you know, for them and making sure that they're safe and making sure that they're they're proud of their police department and, and what we're providing and giving them. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned earlier, you were talking about recruitment teams and, and what your agency has to offer uh, potential candidates. Uh, do, do, do you find that you guys are behind the eight ball nowadays, like like a lot of agencies nowadays um, in recruiting? Because 
a number of factors, you know, of why people nowadays don't really want to become police officers. Are you guys having a hard time recruiting as well? Yeah, we're faced with those, those same uh, things, um, you know, but we're fortunate here at the Delray Beach Police Department that uh, we've actually, right now, we're actually staffed, you know, and um, we've got, we're looking at getting some additional spots, you know, added, you know, to our staffing. But um, we, we, again, we took a robust, you know, look at how we were actually recruiting, what were we looking at, what could we change, you know, in regards to, and I'm not one that, that that's a, a proponent of lowering our standards. And we, which, what we did here, we did not lower any of our standards. We just looked at things a little different in regards to such as like marijuana use, you know, whereas in before it was, you know, five years, you know, you know, to, you know, we, we kind of knocked it back to, to, to three years, you know, because, you know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of places that's legalizing marijuana and different things. A lot of legislation and stuff has been passed. And some some kids, you know, they're, they're kids, you know, when they're experimenting, they're trying certain things and whatever. But, you know, we just had to take a hard look at what we were doing and try to provide the best product that we possibly could, you know, to make sure that, you know, we were meeting all those needs, you know, to make sure that we were able to service, you know, our community. So we, we were able to do that. And we constantly still do that because the moment you get up, and you think that you're there, which we never celebrated because you'll be right back down again, oh, yeah. you know, and you'll be, you know, in the same cycle. So it's a continuous thing. And we had to look at it at one point. We looked at, OK, how long is it taking us to actually process somebody? So we started looking at the data and all, all the analytical stuff. And it was actually almost taking us about six months. Well, we were losing a lot of people, Dale, in regards to that time, six months. So now we got it down to where it, it you know, once we get a man through the interview process, we immediately sent him to polygraph. Uh, we start him in the, in the background process, psychologicals, immediately once they pass that oral uh, assessment. So once they do that, then we kind of we got it down to like right now, we're less than a month that we got him in in the door and hired on and ready to go to the academy. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You, you don't think that there's any any shortcuts taken and, and processing people that quickly, at least in the background process? No, we're not. We're not. We're not taking any shortcuts. Again, we we've got more staff, which meaning now we have to pay overtime for the detectives that's actually doing the background work in regards to these individuals. But again, once we get out of the oral assessments, you know, we're immediately sending them now to the polygraph. So if they're not passing the polygraph, then he or she are not. They're not moving on to the next phase. But if they pass that, then we're moving them on, you know, to the to every every different step that we have within our process. And by the time, you know, the last process is the background. So we're waiting for the completion of that. And by the end of the month, you know, I mean, like, again, you know, we got a two man team that's double teaming that that's working that. And they do a phenomenal job of making sure that we get a turnaround. And then once we do that, our team gets together and, and we talk about every uh, candidate that we have that's coming through here. And we and we have that investigator go over it who's they have the best knowledge in regards to that individual. And they tell us about, you know, that individual and we as a command staff sit down, we look at it, you know, and we make an assessment in regards to is he or she a fit for us. Obviously, if there's some things that's in that process, you know, the, the sergeant in training and, and his background detectives, they have that ability to be able to terminate, you know, that that process at that point in time before it actually gets to us. But by the time that product gets to us. They've done their due diligence. They've done their betting, and it, it, it just worked out for us. But the, those days of waiting six months, I mean, we were losing people, you know, crazily. Yeah, to, to other agencies, right? 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. What What's you guys' philosophy on uh, laterals versus uh, academy training? Well, we we we've been successful. I mean, not as much as we like because when we're talking about a lateral, I mean, they have to come in and obviously take the the state approved test that we have here. And we do have a lot of people. I know our governor has some initiatives that that he uh, he implemented in regards to to trying to get some some laterals to come into the state of Florida for his law enforcement purposes. Um, I, I don't have any any problem with that. But what I found out, Dale, a lot of the times where we've had people that, that came down to the state of Florida and we don't have many. I think we have two on our uh, in our department that actually were laterals that came down. The others, they actually wanted to go through the academy all over again. You know, some of them, you know, were actually on the job five or six years, but they felt that they needed to come through and go through the whole academy in the state of Florida to be able to get a better grasp in regards to what we were doing. So, yeah, yeah I, I can definitely understand that if they're coming in from another state, you got to learn another state laws. I was talking more particularly, uh, you know, within state, within even the county. So someone wants to come over to Delray Beach from Riviera Beach or from Miami Beach or, or what have you. Does your your agency, your command staff kind of feel like we want to homegrown people as opposed to people bringing over their culture from another agency into our culture? No, we don't we don't have any problem with that. So we're unique here again, in a sense, because I'm over the Criminal Justice Academy. So at our local high school, we have a Criminal Justice Academy, which is a feeder system for us. So obviously, uh, these these individuals, these young men and women, I mean, they do a phenomenal job at, at our high school here, Atlantic High School. And, you know, once they complete that program, they get nine credit hours to uh, the, our state college here. And they also get uh, a certification to become a, a community service uh, officer as well. So even though they may be young, but we can actually get them on staff, we get them in, they learn, you know, how to do uh, traffic uh, uh, crash and uh, reconstruction. They learn about uh, report writing and all the different nuances that we have here at the police department. But we don't typically, in the state of Florida here, we have uh, what's called FRS, it's the Florida Retirement System. So a lot of individuals that get into that, they kind of want to transfer. You'll see that more so with individual municipalities that have the Florida State Retirement System. We in Delray Beach have a municipal retirement system. So same thing. So now if you have that 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 uh, that Florida State Retirement, it's a lot easier for you to go over to another agency, whereas then you may lose you know, seniority, but you don't lose any time or anything like that. Whereas in, if you come over to us or maybe another municipality, you know, you lose seniority, but you can buy back that time wherever you work. But obviously we know right now in the time that we're in, those prices get really expensive. So when we're talking yes, about sir. in the state of Florida, where in our agency we have where you can you can retire at 20 or you can do the drop program, which is our deferred retirement option plan for another additional five years. So basically you retire at 20 and then you go into the drop program for another five years. So uh, we don't we don't frown upon it, but we don't see that a whole lot within our agency where we get laterals from other agencies. Okay, I got you. I got you. That, that's a big thing out here, um, especially with the real big agencies, say like LAPD or LA Sheriff's. Um, a lot of people will go over there because, you know, they, they hire constantly all the time. They'll do their year, get their probation, and then they jump to smaller agencies like mine. And, uh, you know, a lot of those wow. bigger agencies find that they got to they got to uh, I, I think it's been overruled, but they were writing contracts saying you got to you got to stay with us for three to five years. 
because we, we give you signing bonuses. And if you leave before that, you got to pay it back all these sorts of things. Uh, when we're, like you said, we're all competing for the same people out of the same pool. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And, and, and going back to sports, you, you were talking about, uh, your high schools and all that, you know, feeder system. It's a farm system. You got, you, you guys got your own yes. farm system. <laughs> Got absolutely absolutely yeah. and, it, and it's, it's it's a very robust one and uh man we 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 have probably about almost you know close to 10 you know on on staff you know that we've had and we've got some more that we're just waiting to mature and age wise because they could start here you know at uh, 18 19 years of age as a community service officer and we got them within our city this whole time and we're grooming them you know, in regards to being able to become officers, you know, once they reach uh, 21 years of age. Nice, nice. So going back to your time back when you were actually working uh, investigations or on the street, uh, tell me, tell me about a, a case that you can, that comes to mind that, mm -hmm. that really struck you and, and will always be with you throughout your whole career that, that when everyone talks about a highlight, this is the one that you bring up. Well, there, there are several. One, one's a highlight, and one, one, one's, uh, you know, with with some 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 kids that 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 really really uh, affected me. It was uh, some some kids that um, that we we found that were you know in a, in a suitcase that was dumped into a, a canal, and um, again, as you talked about earlier, all hands on deck, and that was one where these kids went missing, and uh, we we found these suitcases that had. That, went afloat in, in one of the canals here in this in the city and uh it, it just broke my heart you know and um that, that's what i say all the time even though you know we, we don this uniform every day not knowing you know if we'll come back or not you know and one of the things I, I i still say to this day lord please bring me home in the same condition that i left you know and uh and seeing that you know was was, was truly such a heinous and, and, and unnecessary you know it's just one of those things that you know, I, I'll never forget, you know, and um, and, and, and seeing that and, and, and being, you know, on that scene, even though I wasn't the primary, but just how I felt. But one on the flip side is when I was working narcotics, uh, you know, selling undercover uh, fake street narcotics. And uh, I, I sold this this one and uh, end up arresting this this one young lady. And uh, she was so high, she didn't recognize me because any other time she knew who I was and, and, and she would, you know, we would always have conversation and and I always talk to her about, you know, getting herself back together because she was a very, very intelligent, smart young lady. And again, as I said, no matter, you know, what some of these people are going through, they're still somebody's child and they still deserve, you know, to be treated with dignity and respect. And uh, we end up taking her to jail. So I had promoted out into the investigation section from the street narcotics team. And probably about three or four months later, I get a call to the lobby that someone wanted to see me. So I go out in the lobby and, and I, I see her, you know, and she said, hey, how are you? I said, I'm good. I said, you know, how can I help you? And she just grabbed me and gave me this big hug. You know, I'm standing there in the middle, you know, the lobby, like, I don't know what she's hugging me for, but, you know, I, I don't even know what I did. So I said, hey, what, what what's, what's, what's the deal? And she said, you saved my life. And I said, okay. I said, how did I save your life? And she said, because had you not arrested me for buying that fake crack, I would have not known that that I was pregnant, you know, so when she went up to county jail, they test the females, you know, to see if they're pregnant. She found out that she was pregnant. And as a result of that, you know, she got off of crack and um, she would come by and see me for probably 
five years of, of that child's life when, when she was born. And um, that was one Mandel that, that sits with me. And, that, and that's the reason, you know, that, that makes this job, you know, so, so special to me because, you know, even unbeknownst to me that that was going to be the outcome, you know, I was only doing my job, you know, and, and trying to, to, to make a, a better quality of life for our citizens here by kind of ridding some of this, you know, this, this uh, street narcotics and stuff that was out there. Yeah. But I helped save a life. You know, in yes. the process, you know, and she was very, very, you know, thankful for that. And uh, that's something that sits with me for the rest of my life. And I tell that story all the time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you you, you mentioned that that was crack back then. But the big one now is fentanyl. You guys, uh, oh, yeah. you guys seeing an increase in usage out there at Delray Beach and fentanyl. What we obviously do out here in California. Yeah. One, at one point, Dale, we. uh Delray Beach was we, we had a very high number of uh, fentanyl overdoses, but I'll go back to uh, one of our former uh, chiefs. You know, he had the wherewithal. We were the second agency within the state of Florida to start carrying Narcan. And he had the foresight to be able to see that, you know what, we're first responders. We're responding to all of these overdoses. because I was a sergeant at the time. And I tell you, man, it was it, it, it was it was like crazy. You know, I mean, we go back to one house and we go to another house. You know, and the, the individuals that was in the house, I'm like, you didn't you just see what happened to your roommate? You know, and um, and we were back there, but it was it was it was crazy, man. And that's some that's some nasty stuff. And we knew when we had a lot of overdoses and some resulting in death that there was a bad batch that was out there on the streets. You know, and um, you know, and, and our team was working very very hard, you know, to try and you know and and, and, and curtail some of that and, and find them. You know, but again, we were the second, you know, largest uh, second agency within uh, the state of Florida to start carrying Narcan. Uh, officers were able to save a lot of lives, you know, by being on scene and also administering this Narcan, you know, at the time, you know, of these individuals going through, you know, what they were going through at the time. Yeah. Another parallel between your agency and my agency. My agency was one of the, the first to start carrying Narcan on patrol as well. And a lot of our patrol officers on the daily have to deploy Narcan, Narcan uh, once or twice a, a shift, it seems like, yeah. you know, on, on a lot of occasions. And it's it, it's crazy. It's a crazy epidemic out there. And, and hopefully we're getting a handle on it. Oh, yeah, it is. And I mean, we my, our city, man, is, is, is so phenomenal. I mean, done a, a lot of great things in regards to, uh, you know, trying to curtail, you know, some of those things in, in, in the treatment facilities and different things like that. So, uh, you know, the, it's just the same thing, even with our with our homeless. I mean, we have one of the most outstanding outreach uh, teams, you know, within the state, probably within the country. We have people coming all over, you know, to uh, benchmark and to see what we're doing in regards to our clinician and her staff. And, you know, and, 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 I, and I love to talk about them because she knows every homeless person, you know, within the city. We're, we're approximately 16 square miles to help uh, the city of Delray Beach. And um, we have a real robust uh, a, a program for us counting. We call it a point in time count in regards to, and our officers are involved in this count too. You know, and it's not so much just shooing them away or moving them along. But again, I'll go back to that respect and, and treating them with, with dignity. You know, that's somebody's child, you know, and we want to try to get the information that we need to be able to help these individuals and to help them find temporary housing you know, to help them, you know, get back to wherever they're from, you know, because our program is not just keeping them here. I mean, if it's some 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 folks we had that was from Colorado that came, but her and her team, they know 
everybody and they know the people that's not from here and it's because of that dedication and that that hard work that what they do they're able to identify the individuals get them the help that they need you know uh get them bus vouchers or wherever they it is that they 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 come from and um and trying to help them you know with that yeah good good stuff good stuff so uh, how long you been the uh the assistant chief over there almost three years now almost three years all right and uh how how much longer how much longer you got over there oh man i got (laughs) so dale i have uh four beautiful kids i got my my oldest son uh daryl he's uh he he teaches he's a professor at the university of illinois he's a director of first year experience and uh, he played football at bowling green thank you and my my daughter the curious she's a uh, school teacher here in palm beach county and uh my youngest son damari he's an accountant uh, they're both uh, Florida A and M grads. Those two, and uh, you know, in Palm Beach County here. And the baby girl, she's uh, 20. She's at Florida State. She's in her junior year studying chemistry to be an anesthesiologist. So uh, you know, she's uh, she'll be going to medical school. So I I, I got a whole another decade or so to go, Dale. <laughs> a whole but I love decade, it, man. Huh? I love it. I, I, I love it. I love it. I, I truly love getting up every day, coming to work you know, and uh, engaging with my community, you know, and, and our officers and our staff that we have here, just just phenomenal, man. I, I, I truly, this is the greatest job for me. It truly is, yeah. and I, I love everything about it. But but none of, none of the kids wanted to follow in dad's footsteps, though, huh? No, I, I thought the, I thought I might have him in, I thought he might want to veer towards the, the federal government, the FBI, you know, at that time, you know, they're still looking for a lot of those uh, accountants, but uh, that's that's not what he wanted to do. So I was like, OK, you know, so uh, he's doing accounting work and uh, preparing for a CPA. So he's, he's doing well for himself. I'm OK, yeah, 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 absolutely. As, as you should. Proud dad. Proud papa. Yep, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> All right, chief. So uh, I appreciate you coming on and uh, and having some some fun with me and, and spousing some knowledge of what's going on out there in Delray beach and in Florida and all that. But, uh, you're not done with the show yet today. Uh, <laughs> I, I prepared you <laughs> for what is to come. So let's Uh-oh. get this started here for you. Yes, sir. This, right. uh, right here is, uh, black or blue, 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 black or blue. Come on. All right, chief. This is my black or blue game in your category today is, Ain't that a beach? Ain't that a beach? That's uh, particularly cities right. in California and Florida with the word beach in their names. Of course, you work okay. for Delray Beach. There's a lot of cities out there in Florida with the name beach in the name. A lot of cities out here in California. I'm going to show you. I'm going to name a, a, a city and you just tell me, is that in California or is it in Florida? California where I am or Florida where you are. Easy. All right. Hey, let's we'll go. see. We'll see. All right, here's your first one here. Pismo Beach. Is that California or Florida? That's California. Yes, sir. It is in California. Yes, Pismo Beach. All right, off to a great start here. There's your first one. How about uh, Neptune Beach? That's in Florida. That is in Florida. Yes, yes, sir. Neptune, Florida is in... Neptune Beach is in Florida. Okay. How about uh, Bel Air Beach? 
Oh, oh. your first one wrong. Oh. Bel Air is in California, but the city of Bel Air Beach is in Florida. Yeah. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, that is their Bel-Air. that is their their logo right there. Yeah, Bel Air Beach. We'll All get right. you back on track. Never how heard about of. Uh, how about Long Beach? That's out there where you are, Dale. Yes, yeah, that's, that's where Snoop is from. Yep. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it yeah. is. Long Beach is out here in California. How about um, Highland Beach? That's right up the street from me. That's in Florida. Yeah, so you knew that one. Yep. Highland Beach, the town of Highland Beach, Florida. Incorporated yes. in 1949. Okay. How about yes. um, Manhattan Beach? Ooh. I'm going to say California, Dale. Oh, you grasped the straws. You yeah. got that one right. Yes. That yeah. is in L.A. County. Yep, Manhattan Beach. All right. How about um, Seal Beach? Wow. When I hear Seal Beach, I'm thinking about San Diego. So uh, I'm going to say California. Yep. That is in uh, north of San Diego. It's in Orange County. Uh, yes. Do they have many seals? Yeah. Do they have many seals out there in uh, Florida? No. Yeah, that, yeah, that's probably the, the giveaway right there, yeah. the dead giveaway right there, right? <laughs> yeah, Seal Beach. Okay, different different waters over here. All right, how about oh, um, yeah. how about Miami Beach? Yeah, that's just fifty two miles <laughs> south. Of this. I, had to, I had to throw that one in there for you. Miami Beach is definitely out your way. West Palm oh, Beach, yeah. where's that at? That's home. That's <laughs> that here is, in Florida. <laughs> that is out there in Florida. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, how about Hermosa Beach? Mm. I'm gonna say California, Dale. That is in California, okay. A couple more here for you. Um, Daytona Beach, I think this is the last one here. here. I had to give you another bone, yes. Daytona Beach is in Florida. Yeah, that, ain't that a beach? Uh, California cities hey. or Florida cities, you got more right than you got wrong, so we're going to call you the hey. winner. Let's go. <laughs> All right, yeah, you, you just got that one stumble, that one stumble. Yeah. You yeah, know what man. tripped you up? Bel Air. You probably was thinking the Fresh Prince of Bel Air or something. I was. Absolutely was. <laughs> it's, sure it, was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, 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 shout out to Will Smith. He's, he's going through it a lot lately. Oh, yeah, but, man. You know, yeah. Yeah. Will Smith show. Fan, man. Yep, yeah. Me too. Me too. All right, Chief. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, why don't we uh, get some words of wisdom for the audience before we get you out of here? Oh, yeah, Dale. You know what? I talk a lot about, you know, this profession and how much it means to me and how much I love it. And um, I always say this all the time is every one of us who is in law enforcement, when we sat down in that chief or that sheriff's office and they asked us, why is it that we want to do this job? You know, we all said that, you know, we want to help somebody, you know, and I, and I believe in being intentional about everything that we actually do. You know, this is a real, real uh, noble profession. A lot of men and women that's out here doing phenomenal work, you know, and all it takes is one bad apple, you know, to uh, to paint this picture in this broad brush of of all of us, which is not the case. And all I like to just just, you know, leave our audience with is just, you know, just always be intentional and just remember your why and why you got in this profession. And 
when you remember that why, most likely you'll revert back to you wanting to help someone and make your city or your county a better place. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Appreciate those words. And, uh, and another thing before I get you out of here, what, what's what's the uh, bat back there on the, on the wall? What, what is that? Oh, that's uh, I went to uh, SPI, um, Command Development uh, course that we have here, Southern Institute of Police. And my son, when he was a graduate assistant at the University of uh, Kentucky, he went over to Louisville and uh, he got that bat made for me. Yeah, it oh, straight colors. from the uh, factory, Louisville Slugger, huh? Yes. Yes. Nice. That's where he went. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. where he got that from. That, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, 81st session, yes. Okay, all right. Congratulations on that, and congratulations on your work over there, Chief. Uh, a decade more to Thank go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got a lot of work, Dale. I, I'm going to be back with you, man, you know, when, when I'm Chief one day, and uh, we're going to do it all over again, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, sure. what, what's, 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 the, uh, what's the aspiration for, for you there? Oh, when, when, when I got into the profession, you know, when the – Chief Schrader hired me, you know, he asked me, he said, what is it, you know, that you see yourself doing, you know, in, uh, in, in, in 20 plus years or so. And I told him, you know, sir, I see myself in your chair having the same conversation with the recruit. So, you know, I came in this, this profession, you know, not as a, a you know, I was in my early thirties and, uh, I've always wanted to be a chief and it's been a chief has always been my goal. You know, I'm currently in the, the noble CEO mentoring, uh, program, which, uh, it's a program that's, that mentors us and uh, I have a lot of mentors throughout the country and in regards to, uh, you know, helping that that dream come to fruition. But uh, being a chief of police is definitely one of them for sure. I have no doubt that you get there, Chief. No doubt. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. All right. All right. All right uh, thanks again and uh, enjoy your day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Dale. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. Right. Take care. Yes. Yes, indeed. That's what we do here on the Black and Blue Podcast. I want to thank Delray Beach, Florida, Assistant Police Chief Daryl Hunter for joining me on this episode. I appreciate you, sir, and sincerely hope you reach that coveted prize of the Big Chief's Chair real soon. If you guys enjoyed this episode just like me, let me know by leaving a comment down below. And don't forget to like and share this video while you're at it. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another interview with the minority in U.S. law enforcement. But till then, y'all know it. Stay black in blue. I'll holler at you. Deuces. This has been a Maitre D Entertainment presentation.